0: My Karen boss makes my job hell, but I leave her stuck in an elevator. This story harkens back to the ye old days when blockbuster and Hollywood video were the things to do on a family friendly Friday and cell phones were still something most people didn't really consider necessary, AKA the 90s. I took a job at a video store near my house. It was a small family owned store with three different branches in the town. The job was wonderful. I loved movies and games. It was so close to my residence and school. I even got free video rentals and a discount from the sub shop next door. The video store was located in a beautiful old building from the 1920s. It was all marble stairs and a really amazing caged elevator that led up to the storage and employee lounge. It was perfect for me. The hours were flexible, the pay was decent, but one drawback was my supervisor. Let's call her Amanda because, well, that was her name. Seriously, screw Amanda. Amanda was on the older side and seemed not to be content with how her life turned out. As a result, she took all of her frustration out on everyone she could, especially those people that she worked with who happened to be younger. If you were a young college student like myself, you earned a special little extra helping of disdain from her. I mean really, like how dare you decide to actually have aspirations of making more than $7.50 an hour. While I'm genuinely fairly tolerant of people like Amanda, she really went the extra mile to annoy me as much as humanly possible. She was bitter, mean, petty, and did anything and everything she could to just be plain unpleasant. She wasn't even nice to customers. The only upside to this attitude was that she didn't let Karen customers get away with Karen-ness. I might have been able to take more if she happened to be more particularly knowledgeable or good at her job. She was neither and only appeared to have the job because of good old nepotism. She was the daughter-in-law of the owner. She knew nothing about movies, games, gaming systems, or anything we rented or sold. When the customers had a question, she would pawn them off on another employee. When she had a problem with the computers, who did she call to fix it? Me. When there was a delivery that needed to be checked into the system, who did she call? Me. When stock needed to be dragged up to the stock room, that'd be me again. Any unpleasant task that came up, she would always give it to me. Generally, she hid in the back watching TV or talking on the phone, which did tie up the store's landline for literally hours, or did anything and everything she could to avoid doing an actual job. When I brought Amanda up to Ken, the owner, he simply sighed and gave a pained look and asked me to just try to bear with it and stay out of her way if I could. I got the distinct impression that Ken didn't much care for her either, but she was his daughter-in-law. He did his best to try to make sure I wasn't scheduled to work with her more than at least once a week. One day, I was on the phone with a customer discussing a late fee on their account when Amanda wanted to make a call. This resulted in Amanda ripping me a new one in front of an entire store of people. It was a Saturday and we were packed to the rafters. She was yelling so loudly that the woman on the phone asked if we were being robbed and whether she should call the police. Before I could answer, Amanda yanked the phone out of my hand and slammed it onto the cradle. You are never ever to be on that phone. You understand me when I was desperately aching to headbutt her I bit my tongue took a deep breath and I counted to 10 when that didn't work I counted to 20 then 50 instead of telling her that I hoped that she would be ravaged by rabid wolverines I simply smiled and said all right. This seemed to annoy her even more than if I had gotten angry. She stormed back to the office and I took a stream of customers, all of whom which asked if I was okay and one offered suggestions on how to dispose of a body. I appreciated the suggestions, but I had plenty of my own ideas. And while eviscerating her with a pair of rusty safety scissors might be a fulfilling immediate solution, it probably wasn't good for my lifetime goals. Unless those goals involved being in a jail cell and becoming overly acquainted by a thick woman with with the one eyebrow named Big Betty. Instead, I checked it off in my big book of voodoo curses, and I hoped that I would have the chance to pay Amanda back for her thoughtful gesture of embarrassing me in front of half of the metropolitan area. Still, there were a few pieces to be laid out for my malicious compliance, and Amanda wouldn't disappoint me. The next piece came perhaps a month later. I had been at work for several hours on my nine-hour shift and had only seen Amanda once, and that had been when she had left the store. Considering I only had two hours left on my shift and hadn't taken a break, I really needed to go to the bathroom. I told my co-worker that I was heading to the restroom. This was, however, apparently not in keeping with Amanda's view of further universe. She actually began to bang and kick the bathroom door, demanding I come. Out. I took my time, washed my hands, adjusted my hair, and calmly walked out of the bathroom. While she began to scream, I ignored her and walked up to the front of the store and took the cart of movies to be reshelved. She grabbed the front of the cart and swiped the movies off the top. She then informed me of my questionable patronage, told me that I liked to passionately hug mothers, and that I was a female dog. Really, I had no idea of any of these things about myself. I thought all the time that I was just a regular everyday college student. I could have probably gotten on television if I had known all these unique things about myself. Amanda told me that under no uncertain terms was I to ever leave the floor while I was on the clock. Again, I summoned my inner calm that would have made Gandhi proud. I forced a smile and nodded, all right. I had made up my mind that I would have my chance. No matter how small, I would have my moment. The shining moment came on a lazy and blissfully quiet morning. As it was morning, it would just be me and Amanda. Hopefully, she would stay in the office and I wouldn't have to deal with her at all. When I came in, there was a worker man in the back working on the elevator. One of the guys came up and told me he needed a part and he would be back tomorrow to finish up the work. Annoying as now I would have to schlep armfuls of heavy tapes up the stairs, but it wasn't the end of the world. The light of my life arrived a few hours later without a word to anyone. I stood at the front putting Be Kind Rewind stickers on a batch of new arrivals when I noticed Amanda through the back door getting into the elevator. After the man told me that he needed a part, it didn't occur to me that the elevator had power on, and I had a moment of amusement at thinking that Amanda was going to have to take the hated stairs. She was, above all, lazy. However, it seemed that the elevator did indeed have power and worked. At least it worked just enough to go half a floor up and then stop it was just close enough to the upper floor that climbing out onto the floor was impossible but just far enough from the lower floor that climbing out was impossible i couldn't believe my eyes my malicious compliance activated i couldn't entirely see amanda as she tried to open the door and get out but i could hear her The sounds of frustration increased until I heard the most beautiful sound I ever heard. OP! A slow smile reminiscent of the Grinch curved across my lips. I walked to the very edge of the sales floor and called out, Yes? The elevator's stuck. Can you open the door from the other side? I don't know. I can't see it from here. Amanda huffed in annoyance. Well, get over here and try to open it. I can't do that, Amanda. Why the... Enter colorful verbiage here. Not! I'm not allowed to leave the floor while I'm on the clock under any circumstances. Are you? Enter an even naughtier word here. Kidding me? You said it yourself. Since I value my job, I cannot possibly go against orders. A stream of curses came from the lock and stuck elevator. I'm pretty sure I'm still not old enough for all the things I heard that day. Call maintenance. The number should be in the office trying to sound as innocent and sympathetic as I could possibly manage, while also trying not to burst out laughing. I can't do that either. I have to leave the floor to go to the office. You think you're real? Some many naughty words. Funny, don't you? I don't know what you mean. Call Ken then. I know you know his number. Well, I would, but I'm not allowed to use the phone, remember? Amazingly, there were no curses. There was no screams. There was not even one word telling me that my parents were never married. It was silent. I think for the first time she realized that she might actually be in a little trouble. She was stuck in that position entirely of her own making with no way out for the foreseeable future. OP please, just get me out of here. I'm sorry, Amanda, I'm just following orders. All the pretense of niceness was dropped as she proceeded to inform me of all my unimaginable faults for those of my parents, friends, and any other relations I might have or think to have in the future. Then she sealed her fate. She yelled at me that I was fired. In truth, I really only planned on letting her stew for a few minutes, but after that, nah. I'm fired? Okay, then I guess I'll just head home. Oh, I should also let you know that Bill called and said that he's in at 7 instead of 5. He has to pick up his brother from the airport, so I guess you'll be in there for a while. I hope you've got a book or something. What, you bleepin' bleep? How the bleep do you bleep? Think you can bleepin' do this to me? When I get out of here, I'm going to bleep you in your bleepin' bleep, you bleep bleep bleepin' bleep bleeper. Wow, okay, yeah, have fun with that. Have a good one. I'm leaving my name tag and shirt on the front desk. Wait! Don't worry, I'll lock up on my way out and I'll put the sign so people will know we're closed. OP, wait, I didn't mean it, come back. I walked to the front, wrote a sign that we were closed until 7 p.m. due to unforeseen circumstances. The very last thing I heard from Amanda before I opened the door was, but I have to pee. Still snickering to myself, I locked the door and drove 45 minutes out to Ken's house to let him know the shop was closed. Could I have just gone five minutes to my house and called? Sure, I could have. Did I? Nope. Ken seemed a bit surprised to see me there. Uh, I thought you were working today. Oh, I was, but Amanda fired me. She's not allowed to do that. All hiring and firing goes through me. She knows that. Don't worry, I'll call her. I think maybe it's time I talk to my son about her. I can't keep her on with her acting like this. I don't think she'll be able to answer the phone. Ken gave me a sharp look as I tried very hard not to smile. Then I gave up entirely and just smiled broadly back at him. OP. Yes. What did you do? Me? I didn't do anything. I only followed orders. Ken then leaned down to meet me eye to eye. What happened? I gave him the full tale of her telling me that I couldn't use the phone under any circumstances to her telling me that I wasn't allowed to leave the sales floor when I was on the clock. Then I told him about her being stuck in the elevator. You didn't tell her the elevator was broken? I didn't even realize it had power. Ken then stood there looking at me gobsmacked and then started laughing. I should really let her out. He paused for a minute and looked down at his dirty hands and clothes, then up at me. But I really shouldn't leave those flowers half-planted, and then I should probably take a shower. I don't wanna make that drive covered in dirt. Oh, of course not. You've got a really nice car, and it would be a lot of work to get that much dirt out of your seats and carpet. Do you need some help with the planting? Ken nodded solemnly back at me and gave me another chuckle. It took probably another hour to finish planting the flowers, Ken told me that I would be paid for the day and sent me home with assurances that I still indeed did have my job and that he would deal with Amanda. I fully enjoyed the rest of my half day off. I did hear from Bill that when he got there, the elevator repair guy had just arrived and that Amanda ended up spending five hours stuck in the elevator. After that day, I only ever saw her one more time. She glared daggers at me as I waved happily to her as she carried a bag of her things out to her car. Whenever I think about it, I Still get a little smile on my face. Besides, I only did what she told me. But let me know, am I the jerk?
1: Butcher Box is 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood, all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. And all of that delivered straight to your door with free shipping always. Imagine always having high-quality cuts in your freezer ready to go with no trips to the grocery store or planning out availability and knowing that it's food you can trust. There are curated to customized box plans at incredible value. Saving money at a grocery store is getting more and more difficult, especially when you're trying to get consistently high-quality meats. Sign up at butcherbox.com/jerk and get our special deal. Butcherbox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash jerk and use code jerk to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order.
0: This probably goes down as one of the most epic malicious compliance stories I've read here on the Jerk Channel. I have so much respect for people that wait for the perfect moment to get back at someone, because it is one thing to get revenge, but it is another thing to have an epic story to go along with it. I find it pretty funny that even the owner of the store didn't care and left the terrible boss stuck in the elevator while he planted flowers. Sometimes karma just tastes the sweetest. Inmates try to act tough, so I cost him his free time. As a preface, I work in the security law and enforcement industry. This story takes place in an old county jail during the height of COVID. At the time, I, female, was a correctional officer running my own UN in a majority male populated and employed facility. It took a few months, but I finally earned the respect and trust of most of the inmates. It was drilled into my head that from day one to always be firm, fair and consistent. And I was. That is how I succeeded running a unit efficiently, though it wasn't without its issues. Namely, inmates jamming their doors with toilet paper or other miscellaneous items. Now, this wasn't your typical or even stereotypical jail. It was old and had huge metal doors. Think big doors with small glass windows, not actual bars. Like most doors, it had the metal mechanism and slot in the center of the door, which was responsible for keeping the door locked and secured. Most everything that had been unlocked was controlled by a big old clunky control board. Only a select few units had computerized systems. My job was mainly the control officer, which consisted of operating the control board, answering the phones, key holders, filing daily paperwork, etc. Said control board had a variety of buttons, but was mostly used to let inmates slash COs in and out turning on TVs and turning on the mezzanine lights on and off at each unit. It should also be noted that as control officer, you almost never have direct contact with inmates. As you are higher up in a fishbowl or bubble as we call it. We control officers had to find unique ways to interact and converse with the inmates. All of this will be important later. Now onto the story. On this rare day, I was assigned to block officer. Same unit, except now I am patrolling the blocks and spending the majority of my shift having direct supervision over the inmates. I was always one to make my presence known patrolling every 20 to 30 minutes, even when there's no wreck and inmates were locked in, sitting on the block during recreational hours, random cell phone inspections, the works. On this particular morning, I was conducting my first tour of B Block, and I asked the control officer to inform me of the doors that were not secure. My co-worker notified me that B108 was not secure, and I promptly made my way over there. You see, there were colored lights under each door red or green, indicating whether a door was secure or not. The inmates were expected to keep their door secured during non-rec hours. However, there were quite a few inmates that were consistently jamming their doors, thus being able to escape their cell and do whatever they want. These things range from taking unauthorized showers to running into another inmate's cell and shanking them. You see why this could be a problem, and it created a huge safety slash security risk. The inmates in B-108 gave me an issue with this at least once a week. Even when previously housed in C Block, they resorted to putting globs of toothpaste in the slot to manipulate the door open. I had had enough. I made them clean it out and as a punishment, they wouldn't be receiving rec during my shift and would be getting a three-day lock-in. Simply put, that meant no phone calls, showers, TV slash tablets or yard time during first shift and only coming out for scheduled appointments. It may sound a bit harsh, but they always get rec time at some point in the day and this was one of the few tactics that worked for me. To say that they were livid would be an understatement. The one inmate who we will call potty mouth, PM, was fuming and spouting slurs and insults even after I left the block. I didn't care. I warned them not to jam their door on numerous occasions. Three days go by and they finally are allowed to resume recreational activities. I am assigned the block again and delivered hall passes. These are used for inmates to get around the jail for upcoming video calls. At this time, in-person visits were not allowed due to COVID and inmates were doing video calls in the visitation room instead. It so happened that one of these inmates, PM, in B108 had a video scheduled for that day. All visits are made with the knowledge and consent of the inmate days prior. Dates and times, 30 minutes, are precise due to a limited amount of monitors in the visitation room. And there being over a thousand inmates in the facility. Once your time is up, your time is up. If there is a connection issue or the person doesn't show up, it cannot be pushed back to later in the day. You must reschedule for the upcoming weeks. It's early in the morning, approximately 8.15, and I knock at the door to get the inmate's attention. PM wakes up and immediately starts in on me. What, you I inform him of his visit and slide him his hall pass under the door. Like your standard hall pass, it has a time, date, or time of the appointment. Inmate name, unit, blah blah blah. He snatches it up and orders me not to freaking say anything to him. I walk away not wanting to start anything first thing in the morning. Visits start promptly at noon that day, and the inmates begin preparing themselves to see their loved ones. Taking showers, getting dressed, and so on. It's not my job, but I always went out of my way to remind inmates that their appointments was soon. And I would let them leave 15 to 20 minutes early so they could walk across the jail and make it there on time. You wouldn't believe how many would play poker or watch TV and would actually get mad at me for interrupting them, trying to remind them that they had an appointment. Then five minutes before their visit, rush to take a shower, run out, and then come back upset that they somehow missed their appointment. I was in the bubble covering for the control officer while they took their lunch. When I noticed PM sitting on the table undressed, sweats and a t-shirt, talking to another group of inmates with his back turned to me. I looked at the time and realized it was only about an hour before his video call was scheduled to begin. I then began to flash the mezzanine lights to get his attention. It took at least two to three times of me doing this before the other inmates told him to turn around. Assumes I want him off the table, policy violation, and flags me off before turning back towards his friends. Cue malicious compliance. You want me not to say anything to you? You want to ignore me when I'm trying to help you? Even after getting cussed out? Fine. I sat and watched every single inmate in B Block get up, shower, and get dressed. They were ready to go at least 30 minutes before their visit, all lined up near the door, anxiously waiting for me to let them out. Everybody but PM. No, he wasn't outside playing basketball or on the phone and just let the time get away from him. No, he wasn't taking a nap. He was just sitting 10 feet away from everyone who was waiting, running his mouth. 20 minutes before his visit starts, I begin letting the inmates into the hallway. I stop one of the nicer inmates and ask, why isn't PM with you guys? He's confused. I say, yeah, I gave him his pass this morning and tried to flash the lights at him. He runs back in to remind PM of his impending video call. PM shoots daggers at me and frantically runs into his cell to get dressed. I smile to myself. Unsurprisingly, he missed his visit. He came back screaming at me for making him late for his video call. I didn't care. I just laughed and said it wasn't my job. The best part is there was a huge clock hanging directly above his head, so there was no excuse. But let me know. Am I the jerk? Good on this OP here for sticking it to the rude inmate. I know a lot of people don't have sympathy for inmates, but I've seen plenty of people change their lives in prison. So I'm always for respecting people that want a second chance. But if you are going to be a jerk, even after you've messed up, you deserve the karma that goes your way. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the cream of the crop music by searching cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.